um, admirable it is, I'll tell you this every time, to be here on purpose, knowing that pastor's not going to be here to show up still and uh, be in the house of God. It doesn't matter who's there, but when the word's open, you should be there. Amen? It's so good to see you all. Turn to John chapter 8. I was so excited to, uh, to do this sermon. I just wrote the sermon just a couple of days ago, and then it's like, bam, here's a chance to preach. And I was like, woo, it's coming in hot. I'm excited. I'm excited. While you're turning there, uh, growing up, growing up, uh, my brother and I used to wrestle a lot. We used to wrestle a lot. Um, we used to watch WWE. It was WWF for a while. And then, uh, then it became WWE, but my brother would collect the toys. He collected the belts. We had wrestling video games. We would practice moves on each other. Uh, I'm pretty sure we broke a bet or two um, doing all those special moves, but it was hilarious. But when it was always funny being an older brother and even playing with your friends. is You'd be able to, like, twist their arm or put them in a chokehold, and you'll say, say uncle. Say uncle, or you'll say, say Xavier's the best brother in the whole world. Say you'll give me a dollar. You know what I'm saying? You can, whenever you had someone in a good chokehold or a good submission move, you could get them to say whatever you want, as long as, just so that they can, they can get out. Well, there was one phrase that I remember. Um, there was one phrase that I remember a lot growing up, especially like maybe playing sports outside, especially with football, is whenever someone would catch, catch the ball or make a touchdown or make a good play, they would say, who's your daddy? Who's your daddy? You know what I'm saying? And it would basically mean like, I owned you. I just owned you. You know, and that was a really funny phrase, but um, I would like to take that term and I would like to engrave that into your minds tonight. We're going to talk about some things that are very important. If you're already in John chapter 8, say amen. Oh, man, no one's there yet? One more time. If you're in John chapter 8, say amen. All right, cool. I'll take that one, all right? Turn over to verse 30. Look at verse 30. We're going to read, some, uh, we're gonna read this passage, and I'm going to talk to you about uh, this message that we have tonight. John chapter 8, look at verse 30. It says, as he spake these words, many believed on him. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, if ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. They answered him, we be Abraham's seed, and we're never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou, ye shall be made free? It's so funny if you read the Bible to see how many times Jesus said stuff and it went right over people's heads. It's funny. In a not so funny kind of way. Verse 32. And ye shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Shall make you free. They answered him, We be Abraham's seed and were never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou, ye shall be made free? Jesus answered them, verse 34. Verily, verily, I say unto you, whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin. And the servant abideth not in the house forever, but the son abideth ever. If the son therefore shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. I know that ye are Abraham's seed, but ye seek to kill me, because my word hath no place in you. I speak that which I have seen with my father, capital F, watch that. When you guys are reading your Bible, pay attention to punctuation, pay attention to conjunctions, and pay attention to capitalization. Three big keys in your Bible study. You'll learn a lot from that. Capital F. I have seen with my father, capital F, and ye do that which ye have seen with your father. What case is that? Lowercase f, yeah. They answered and said, I'll talk about that a little bit more in a minute. They answered and said unto him, Abraham is our father. 
Jesus saith unto them, If ye were Abraham's children, ye would do the works of Abraham. But now ye seek to kill me, a man that hath told you the truth, which I, which have, which I have heard of God. This did not Abraham. Ye do the deeds of your father. Then said they to him, We be not born of fornication. We have one father, even God. Jesus said unto them, If God were your father, ye would love me. For I proceeded forth and came from God, neither came I of myself, but he sent me. Why do ye not understand my speech, even because ye cannot hear my word? Ye are of your father the devil, and the lust of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. And because I tell you the truth, ye believe not. You believe me not. Which of you convinceth me of sin? And if I say the truth, why do ye not believe me? He that is of God heareth God's words. Ye therefore hear them not, because ye are not of God. There was a word that was bounced around in there a lot of times. And sometimes it was uppercase, sometimes it was lowercase, but it was the word Father. It was the word father. Now, I alluded to it a little bit ago. I was kind of messing around about my childhood and about some of the funny expressions that come with twisting someone's arm. But on a, a much more real level, I have a question for you. And my question for you is, who's your daddy? Because a lot of people, a lot of things, will try to play that role. Brother Xavier, what you talking about? I'll tell you after we pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for this day. Thank you for sending your son to die on the cross for our sins. Lord, I pray that you would, uh, I pray that you would uh, anoint my lips. I pray that you would be with pastor as he preaches this dear uh, lady's funeral, that he would be able to provide comfort uh, through the words that you give him to the families and friends that are there. And I pray that you would help us. I thank you for the people here, that you would speak to them the way you spoke to me. In Jesus' name, amen. Who's your daddy? Jesus is talking to a group of people that just recently came to believe him. They just recently came to believe him, and he's trying to, he's trying to orchestrate or direct them in how, can, how they can know and what are some, some, key, uh, some key characteristics of someone who is in Christ, someone who is in God, and, and he will say, well, I'm in my Father, capital F, and they would say, I'm in my Father, lowercase f, and he was, he was trying to tell them, it's not synonymous. We're not, it's not the same. And, and, and if it were the same, or if those were the case, you would operate a little bit differently. But there's something that we have to look at. And, and there's one question I have for you tonight. And my question to you is, who are you listening to? Who are you listening to? Who, who, who is it that you are allowing to guide your life? Who is it? Because... There are going to be a lot of choices, but only one of those choices is the correct one. Only one of those choices are the correct one. It always tickles me when people say, it doesn't matter how I get to God as long as I get to God. Eh? It, doesn't, it, doesn't matter, it doesn't matter we all get to the same place or we all believe the same thing. Wrong, 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 wrong. The Bible says, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life, and no man cometh unto the Father but by me. You know what I noticed? Buddha 
doesn't make declarative statements like I am God. Muhammad never made declarative statements like I am God. Jesus says, hey, I am God and there's no way to get to the Father but through me. But someone told me one time, he says, for every one thing that God has for you, Satan has a hundred counterfeits. And what that means is that there are gonna be, there's going to be this war raging to try and get your attention. It's funny because God says in his word that in all things, Christ is to have the preeminence. And that means to have the first place, the, the top spot in your life. And because he declared that, you're going to see how often things try to take that spot away from Christ in your heart. And so my question tonight is, to, is who's your daddy? Because I have, I have three short points that I want to give you. And, and everybody in this room will fall under one of these three points. One of these three points. And I'm hoping that through this message, that whoever your daddy is would be the one true God. Let's talk about some things. Who are you listening to? If you're taking notes, number one, watch your allegiance to man. Watch your allegiance to man. Look at verse 32. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. They answered him, We be Abraham's seed, and were never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou, ye shall be made free? Right off the bat, Jesus Christ is telling them, hey, if you want to, those who are free, they're free indeed. And you just believed in me. You just received me as Savior. And you are now my disciple. So now let me show you the, the ways of God. And right off the bat, he starts to tell them, hey, this is what you need to know. And this is what you must do in order to grow in me. And the very first thing they do is pledge and, and show off their allegiance to Abraham. Hey, you're a sinner, and you're, you're, you're a sinner, and if you're a sinner, that means that you are imperfect, and, 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 and that you sin, that you partake in sin, that you live a life of sin, and that you have to submit that and put it under subjection to me. Jesus, we ain't no sinners, we Abraham's seed. What? Right off the bat, the very first thing they did is show their allegiance to man. Their confidence was in Abraham. Their confidence was, was in who they came from, whose line they came from versus whose line that they are in now. Listen to me. My grandmother's been going to church for a very, very, very long time. And I believe that the forces of hell shiver when she prays. But my grandmother's faith is not mine. Those who came before her, those were not, that was not her faith. We are all responsible individually for our very own faith, for our very own walk. And they were looking and, 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 and putting this confidence that they had in Abraham versus in the Jesus that they just received. He said, you believe on me, you are my disciples. But now let me let you know that you are sinners and you are in need of me as a savior to continually sanctify and cleanse you. Oh no, Jesus, you, you're, you're mistaken. We're Abraham's seed. Let me remind you that the first thing that it did was create an improper view of themselves. The first thing they did was create an improper view of themselves. There is no way that we can be sinners. We're an Abraham seed. Do you see what following man does? We don't realize it, but in many cases, we practice a very subtle, very discreet humanism. 
where we elevate ourselves to a level of God. Brother Xavier, what do you mean? There are many times where I've gone out and I've gone soul winning. I'm knocking on doors and I'm saying, hey, you got to understand you're a sinner. You know, Romans 3.10, Romans 3.23. Oh, I've never done anything wrong. I've never sinned. And then when you start to explain to them what sin is, they make excuses or they try to rationalize why they did it. Well, sinners still sin and hate it in the eyes of God. Our righteousness is as filthy rags to him. But the first thing that it did is it created this, this image of themselves like, hey, because we come from the line of Abraham, there is nothing wrong with us. There is, there is nothing wrong with the way that we operate. And we'll find a lot of times with people is that once they start looking and saying, hey, I received Christ and, or, 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 or I was in this person's church or I was doing this or I was in this work and I was in this ministry, they start focusing on what they do and where they've been and what ministries they've been a part of and they start to elevate themselves to this place of holiness that they do not have, they have not earned because that holiness, that righteousness is from Christ. Be careful about your allegiance to man. Did you know that includes yourself? That includes yourself. We have to be so careful about the way that we conduct our business as saints, as we conduct our business as believers, because it can be very quick. We can be very quick to elevate ourselves to a very dangerous position. Very dangerous position. Whenever I go out anywhere and I'm representing Orlando Baptist Temple, I'll say, hey, I'm Xavier Small, assistant pastor, Orlando Baptist Temple under Dr. Russell G. Riggs. If anyone has got my book, you'll see the very last statement says he serves currently under Dr. Riggs. And that's because I, that's because I know who I'm representing here at Orlando Baptist Temple. I'm representing our church. I'm representing our pastor. But ultimately, I represent God. Ultimately, I represent God. When I stand behind that pulpit, when Dr. Rick stands behind that pulpit, he's representing God. When, when he is gearing up a message to preach to you, he's representing God. And we have to remember that in everything that we do, it is representing God. So the moment we start saying, hey, there's no way that I could fall because I'm under Dr. Rick's ministry, you're going you're gonna to fall. The moment my teens start saying, hey, I'm under Brother Xavier, so there's no way. No, you're going to fall because you cannot have your allegiance to man. The very first thing they did was create an improper view of the Themselves. And by the way, that improper view of yourself, of ourselves, is what's sending a lot of people to hell. I believe that hell is filled with a lot of good people. Their allegiance was just in the wrong place, to the wrong person, to the wrong things. Going out so winning, you'll hear people say all the time. Now, I understand that not everybody is independent, independent Baptist, that they don't use our terminology. So when I asked them, hey, are, do you know for a fact that if you died today, you'd go to heaven? They'd say, they'll say stuff like, oh, I'm a good person. Or, oh, oh, oh um, I was baptized. Or, I've done this. And I'll say, what about Jesus? He's like, oh, I believe he died on the cross for my sins. That's what I'm looking for. But it's so funny how we, how we misplace that. There are a lot of people that will stand before God and say, God, I was a good person. And I attended church. And, and, I, and I believe in, you know what? I believe there's going to be a lot of Baptist people that's going to be in hell. Traditionalism is, is scary because you'll, you'll believe that you have inherited a faith of sorts that's going to grandfather you into heaven, and that's not how it works. That's not how it works. And you have to understand that an allegiance to man is a very, very, very dangerous place to be. They did not see themselves as sinners. And serving man and walking in sin it, it makes man imperfect. 
They answered him, We be Abraham's seed, and we were never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou, ye shall be made free? And Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin, and the sin abideth not in the house forever, but the son abideth forever. And Jesus comes in, and he tries to let them know and help them to understand their present condition. I always find myself going back to Romans chapter 1 and seeing what I could be without God. That passage talks about all what, what they can be when, when, when the hand of God is removed. That's why, I try, that's why I try not to look down too hard on someone who, who's murdered. Now, I'm not saying I approve of it, or someone who's stolen, or someone who's a rapist, or any of that stuff. Not because that stuff is not awful. It's awful. Absolutely, but we are all one bad day away from doing something crazy. You understand that, right? Like, we like, we're, none of us are above that. None of us are above it. We're one, look at what we are without Christ. Pull yourself away from his holiness. You know what the Bible says? When you are tempted of God, let not any man think that he is tempted of God. But he is tempted, watch this, when he is drawn away by his own lust. Guess what happens? Your flesh, beloved, listen to me, this is important. Your flesh will not will not do what it will not attack you on on holy ground go read that passage that a man let not man think that when he is tempted that he is tempted of God but he is tempted when he is drawn out by his own lust what does that mean that when you are removed from a place of holiness when you remove yourself from being in the place where you're supposed to be when you excuse yourself from being under the grace and the mercy of God and think that hey I can stand on my own two feet you're going to find yourself in a place that is very subjected to sin and corruption. What did it say? When he's drawn away, drawn out by his own lust. Sin's going, sin knows that it's not, light and darkness can't dwell in the same place. What fellowship has light with darkness? That's what the Bible says. When you turn the lights on, the only places in this building right now that have dark spots are places where the, where the light is obstructed by an object. Brother Xavier, what are you getting at? What I'm saying is that when you're dwelling in a place of holiness, when you're dwelling, that's why when kids go to camp, they have these emotional decisions that they make. Because they spend all week not being on their phones, not being in the face of the world, not being on social media, not doing all that other stuff, being in a place where they're surrounded by hundreds of believers and preaching and singing and praying and spreading the Bible. And you know what? They have a really good week and they grow tremendously during that time. Why? Because they are in this in this portion, this land of holiness that they are on and, and, and they are being subjected to nothing but light but as soon as they are drawn out what happens a lot of them go right back into what they were doing same things same places same people doing the same old stuff that's going to pull them away from God why because temptation can't it's not going to happen if you're not in a place to be tempted that's why it draws you out brother Xavier what's the connection you have to watch out about being enticed I remember watching a video of my friend teaching her daughter how to walk now, you know, babies get up and they, they, can, they can stand, but sometimes they get afraid to take that first walk and they just, that first step and they just sit, you know? So the mom pulls out a cookie. You want the cookie? You want the cookie? And she reaches forward, she takes a step. And she then the mom steps back a little bit. You want the cookie? She takes a step and she falls down, but she gets right back up because that cookie's looking mighty good. You know what I'm saying? So she starts taking another step and she, next thing you know, the baby's taking a few steps. It's like, hey, yeah, you've done it. The baby's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I just wanted a cookie. But that's how the devil works. Let me, let me draw you out of this place of holiness. 
Let me, let, me, let me put this right in, in your vision real quick so I can kind of move you away. And, and Brother Xavier, what does this mean with your, with your allegiance to man? When you walk and allow yourself and, and who you are in ministry to draw you out from under the protection and under the, the authority of God, you have an improper view of yourself. We be Abraham's seed. No! Two verses ago, you just received the Lord of the Lord as Savior. Forget Abraham. You're the Lord's now. So now you have to operate under the view or under the scope of the Lord. We be Abraham's seed. So how do you say that we, we've never known bondage to any man? So what are you talking about? You shall be made free. No, you don't understand that you're a sinner saved by grace. It's important. Who are you listening to? Number one, there's an allegiance to man. Number two, there's an allegiance to Jesus. Look at verse 34. Jesus answered them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whosoever committed sin is the servant of sin. And the servant abideth not in the house forever, but the son abideth forever. If the son therefore shall make you free, ye shall be freed indeed. Ye shall be freed indeed. There's emphasis made here that what man does is temporary. There's what, what man does is temporary. Beloved, let me, let me let you know right now, Dr. Riggs won't be in this pulpit forever. It's tough. His dad is one of my greatest heroes. He wrote the foreword for my book. One of my greatest heroes. And, it, and, and, and it, it, you, ever, you ever had someone that you really, really loved, really, really look up to, and you're just, the thought of them being gone just terrifies you. But what... But what I had, to, what you got to understand was that anyone's position, my position here, teens, is temporary in the grand scheme of things. So what are you going to do when I'm gone? What are you going to do in the, what, when, when Dr. Riggs is gone? What man does is temporary. You're going to have to foster your own walk eventually with the Lord. If you, you can't ride on the coattails of someone else's faith. That's why Jesus said, forget Abraham. Like, what Abraham did was great, and, and Abraham was a great patriarch of the faith. But listen, what man does is temporary. You're a servant of sin, and you, the, servant, you only, the servant only abides in the house for a temporary place, but the son is in the house forever. Understand that what man does is temporary, and what God does is eternal. That's why you need to know that when you are free in me, you're free indeed. There is no going back. There are no more chains. There are no more bondage. There, is, there are no more shackles. When you, when you come to the sun, yeah, Abraham was a great man. Abraham did some great things. He's the patriarch of the faith. Like He set this whole thing in motion. He was obedient to He let me use him. Bless God. But now the sun is here. Jesus is in the flesh. You have the son of God, the God-man in the flesh, in your presence. We're not talking about Abraham. Now, Remember John the Baptist? Oh, we perceive that this be the Christ. Man, the person who's coming, I'm not even fit to latch his shoes, man. You have no idea. If you think I'm something, wait till you see Jesus. He coming, he's six months behind, but he'll get here. And when he does, you're going to see some real stuff, some real change. But it's so funny how us as Christians, us as people, we kind of bind ourselves to the temporary. We kind of bind ourselves to things that are not going to last in, in eternity. And we have to remember that Christ is eternal. What's done in Christ is eternal. 
If the sum therefore shall make you free, you are free indeed. Following man will only make you following man will only make you lost in sin and engulfed in this world. Before uh, it's it's October, so of course it's uh, Halloween time. And so there's all kinds of movies on Disney Channel and all these things, all these old school Halloween movies. And before I left, my mother-in-law put on Hocus Pocus for the kids to watch. And it picks up with this little, with this boy, his family just moved. And, there are, and he's upset because he didn't like the move. He, he hates his new school. He got mugged on his way home on the first day. It was awful. He hated it. And, and he's in his room throwing a fit. His sister jumps out the closet. Ah, scared you, Right? She goes, well, you're taking me trick-or-treating tonight. And, and, and he goes, no, I'm not. Go by yourself. You're eight. You can do it yourself. She goes, no, it's my first time, and I'm going to get lost in the neighborhood. And That's us, little eight-year-olds, wandering around the dark, following men. It's great to have role models. It's great to have, uh, it's great, it's great to have uh, what do you call them? It's great to have mentors. It's great to have those things. But ultimately, following man, listen to me, I'm imperfect. I'm imperfect. But Paul said in the Bible, follow me, yeah, but follow me even as I am a follower of God, follower of Christ. Don't, don't, don't let your eyes just be fixed on me. Let your eyes be fixed on the Savior because I am prone to fail. And he says, hey, you can't follow man because man is ultimately going to make you fall. Pastor talked, to, talked about it today this morning in service. He said, you'll be shocked at how many people, if, they're, if, if, a, if a pastor's marriage falls apart, there'll be a lot of other people's marriages who fall apart. If a pastor falls in sin, there's going to be a lot of people who, who drop out of church. You know why? Because their eyes are fixed on the wrong person. Their eyes are fixed on Christ. Brother Jonathan, I love you, but whether you're here or not, I'm going to be in the house of God. Brother Greg, fly self. Love you, but if you're not here, I'm going to be in the house of God. Dr. Riggs, one of my greatest mentors. If he's not here, I'm going to be in the house of God. I have friends. I've had, I've had different people that I've known that have fallen from the ministry into some kind of moral sin of what's going on. And guess what? I'm sorry for them. I hope they can bounce back. I know the Lord makes people, makes people free and releases them from the chains of bondage. But if he's not here, I'm going to be in the house of the Lord. You know why? Because my eyes are not fixed on him. My eyes are not fixed on y'all. My eyes are fixed on the Lord. And I must maintain my relationship with God because only what's in Christ is eternal. Don't be misled. Don't be misled. I'll follow a faithful man. Follow a faithful woman. I'll follow faithful people, but if they fall off, I'm going to keep going. I'll pray for you. I love you. I hope you can make it back. But I'm still following the Lord. I press toward the mic, the, the mic. I press toward the mark for the high calling in Christ Jesus. I'm not the mark. Dr. Riggs is not the mark. Johnny Pope is not the mark. It doesn't matter who your favorite preacher is. They're not the mark because they are human at best. Only what's done in Christ. And that's why Jesus tried to help them to realize, hey, I'm glad you loved Abraham. I'm glad you followed him. But what you have to realize is that he is not the final point. He is not the one that you seek to be like. 2 Corinthians 5.15 says, we live our lives for the one who died for us. That's Christ. And nobody else. If I fell today, I would hope that you would still be in your same place, same time, doing the same thing you're supposed to be doing. Because I am not your example, not the final example. Christ is. And to be like him and to be in pursuit 
of his holiness, your allegiance should be to Christ to exemplify him. If you're not following God, you're not following your father. You're not following your father. Look at, and uh, so the number one, who's your daddy? There's an allegiance that you can have to man. Number two, there's an allegiance you can have to Jesus. Number three, there's an allegiance you can have to Satan. Someone said this before, and I never forgot it. She said, we expect the devil to have a pitchfork, horns, and a long, pointy tail. But Satan comes as your greatest hopes, dreams, and desires. When Satan pulls up on your life, you're not going to be like, oh, that's a devil, get back. No, he's going to look good. Dressed up, fresh cut, connecting beard, three-piece suit, shining. Lucifer was an angel of light. You read the Isaiah passage and the Ezekiel passage about Lucifer, he was shining, laced with, with beautiful and precious stones. Oh, Lucifer, son of the morning, how art thou fallen? He was gorgeous and he could sing. Woo! He had a lot going on for him. The prince of the power of the air. Listen to me, he is not going to come to you looking raggedy. He's going to come to you looking good. And Satan is subtle. That's why I preach discernment, discernment, discernment. Beg for the Lord's guidance on something. Beg for the Lord's direction on something. Ask God, if it's not for me, remove it and watch it. Because if it's not, he will. Because a child that's earnestly seeking to find him, he's not going to let you fall. He's not going to let you stumble. Because the, 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 the Satan is, is the master of tricks. The master of getting you to fall for his plays and his foul plays. And he's, he loves to beguile. That's what he does. Brother Xavier, what are you talking about? Watch this. Verse 30, verse 30, verse 36. If the, if the son therefore shall make you free, ye, are, ye shall be free indeed. I know that ye are Abraham's seed, but ye seek to kill me, because my word hath no place in you. I speak, with, I speak that which I have seen with my father. And ye do that which ye have seen with your father. And they answered and said unto him, Abraham is our father. Not getting it. Not getting it. Jesus saith unto them, if ye were Abraham's children, ye would do the works of Abraham. Are you even sure you are following Abraham? Because Abraham was faithful to me. Abraham followed me and Abraham would not have sought to destroy me. Look what he says. And they answered and said unto him, Abraham is our father. Jesus saith unto them, if, Abraham, if you are Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. But now ye seek to kill me, a man that hath told you the truth, which I have heard of God. This did not Abraham. Ye do the deeds of your father. Then they said to him, we be not, we be born, um, we be not born of fornication. We have one father, even God. Jesus said unto, unto them, If God were your father, you would love me. For I proceeded forth and came from God. Neither came I of myself, but he sent me. Ye, why do ye not understand my speech, even because ye cannot hear my word? Why? Because ye are, your ye are of your father, the devil. Let me remind you that when God asks a question, it's not because he does not know the answer. He asks you a question to get you to realize how stupid you're being to give you a chance to fess up to where you are, to let you know that, that, that you've made an error. It's important. 
They kept saying, we are of Abraham. No, because if you are, if you are of Abraham, you would not seek to kill me. You would hear my words. But we, we'd be of God. We'd be of the Father. We'd be of God. No, because God sent me. And you, don't, you do not accept me. And the reason you cannot hear me, the reason you cannot understand, because the object that's blocking your light is the devil. And you're following him. And you've fallen right to the God. You've fallen right to his tricks. You've fallen right into the supplanting that he does. And you have to be careful about who you follow. Because wolves walk among us. I was talking about in teen class today, in teen class in Sunday school, we were talking about the game telephone. Anyone ever play that game? You sit in a big circle and you tell a secret to someone and, it has, and the goal is for it to get back to you being exactly what you said. You ever heard a story from someone that heard a story from someone that heard a story from someone? And either it's way off or the story's embellished. Oh, man. This kid goes out and he, the bully's there and his brother shows up and his brother shows up and he says that bully, hey, bully, you touch my brother again, I'll break your hand. The bully runs away. <sighs> kid runs back. Man, you should have saw my brother. Stood right up to that bully and he just let that bully have it. Kid, the next kid comes runs and tells the story. Did you hear about Xavier's brother? Oh, man, he punched that bully right in the nose held him by his throat, threw him in the street. Next time it comes back, the kid's getting, getting a call from the principal. Hey, what's going on? I heard that your, that your brother ran a kid over with a car. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It just it gets embellished. And somewhere along the lines, they lost the fact that, hey, if you are following Abraham, there was a certain look that Abraham's followers had. This is not you. Because Abraham, if you are of Abraham, you would hear me. And if you are of Abraham, you would follow me. And if you are of Abraham, you would accept me. And if you were of Abraham, then you would listen to the words that I'm saying that are trying to help you grow in your relationship with God. The reason you can't hear me is because somewhere along the lines, your father stopped being Abraham and it became the devil. You better watch who you follow. Some of these TV preachers. Some of these TV preachers are going to stand before an almighty God and face a powerful hell. Because whether unbeknownst or not, they led people away. Oh, I was from Joel Osteen's church. And I was there and I was, in, I was at every service. It was packed out. You should have seen me trying to fight for a front row seat. It was, oh man, love this preaching. Yeah, but do you know me as Savior? And there'll be people that stand before God, and, you have, and whether you have to be careful, that's why the Bible says discernment. He says in 1 John chapter 2, verse 10, he says, If any man come unto you and bring not this, this doctrine, bid him not into your house, neither bid him Godspeed. For he that biddeth him Godspeed is a partaker of his evil deeds. Beloved, you need discernment because that devil is tricky. He's tricky. And sometimes you'll be following someone or something you thought was good, and it wasn't. There's a way that seemed right unto a man, but in the end are the ways of death. But the Bible says you need the Lord to be, to be giving you direction and guidance because he was trying to help them to see. And you notice, it took, um, it took 12 verses for Jesus to tell them that they were following the devil. Do you see that? You ever try to give somebody a hint, but they're just not getting it? You're a sinner. Oh, no, Jesus, we're not a sinner. We're Abraham's seed. Yeah, I know that you're Abraham's seed, but if you have sinned, that makes you a sinner. And you're in need of a savior. Well, no, we have never been in bondage to any man. We have never done anything wrong. We don't grow. We have not been in fornication, so I don't know 
what you're talking about. Well, 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 I understand that Abraham was a good man, but, uh, but that's not the way. Well, you know, I mean, we followed Abraham. We're from his line. You're sinners, all right? No, 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 no. Jesus, I hear what you're saying, and we believe in you, but uh, you're following the devil. There, I said it, because you could not get a hint. Now, I'm sure Jesus was a lot more graceful than that. But there'll be a lot of times where we stand before God and we try to say, man, I'm following, I'm following God. I'm following, I'm following what he's doing. I'm, I'm following uh, uh, or, or, or him and, and those who, who, who have come before him. But they don't realize that they haven't been following him at all. Un- allegiance to Satan. What were some key indicators that they were not following God like they were saying they were? What were some key indicators that they had that they didn't realize that they, were, that they were having this allegiance to Satan and not to God? Look at verse 40. He says, but now ye seek to kill me, a man that hath told you the truth, which I have heard of God. This did not Abraham. If you were following God, if you were following God, you would not have been trying to kill the Christ. Verse 42. Jesus said unto them, if God were your father, you would love me. For I proceeded forth and came from God. Neither came I of myself, but he that sent me. If they were of God, they would have loved Jesus. Verse 43. Ye do not understand my speech, even because ye cannot hear my word. They couldn't understand Jesus. Listen, if you're of God, beloved, you're going to start catching on to some things. And if you're at a place, isn't it funny how the, this outline that he's given them is exactly how the Jews crucified Christ in the first place. They thought they were following God. They thought they were following Christ, but they weren't following him at all. They were not doing what they were supposed to. They sought to see Christ kill. They didn't love him. They couldn't even understand him. Verse 44, ye are of your father the devil, and the lust of your father ye will do. You were, he was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, and he is a liar and the father of it. They followed, they followed the devil. They were following him to the T. He says, listen to me, you're following upon your lust, and that lust and that sin is not of God. And you're following these things, and you will continue to do so. Why? Because you are of him. You are of him. I didn't meet, I didn't meet my father until I was 18. Didn't meet him until I was 18. But all my life from my family members, they'd say stuff like, you look just like your father. You look just like your father. You look just like your father. And I was like, what, what are you talking about? I, People will always say that. It would make me angry until I finally met him. And I was like, whoa, that's me. No matter how much I hated it, no matter how much I tried to disagree or, or rebuttal, I couldn't, escape, I couldn't escape the fact of what my likeness was. Y'all following me? You're of your father the devil, walking in his lust, partaking in his sin, doing the stuff that he does. Why? Because you're your, you're your father's kid. You're your father's kid. You don't know that. You don't know that you're following the devil. Look, y'all look just alike. Y'all twins. He had to be. He had to tell them outright, like this is what's going on. You look like the devil. You're following the lust of Satan. Verse forty-five. And because I tell you the truth, you believe me not. When you are impaired by the devil, when the when the devil and his forces and 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 your life, following that pathway, the object that is obstructing your light becomes yourself it becomes yourself I said this to talking to someone earlier this week I said we love to blame the devil for stuff but it'd be your own flesh the devil made me "Mm, no 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 
It's not right. As you walk in, the, in his likeness, you don't even need him to obstruct your, your light anymore. You become your own object of distraction. He said, listen, listen to me. You didn't even, you can't believe the truth. You can't even hear me. Verse 46, which of you convinces me of sin? And if I say the truth, why do you not believe me? He that is not, he that is of God, heareth God's words. Ye therefore hear them not, because ye are not of God. He said, enough dancing around it. Enough dancing around it. I need you to understand who your daddy is. Because you're saying it's Abraham. Then when I try to tell you that you're not really following Abraham, you say, oh, did you notice it switched? They were saying, we follow, we, we follow Abraham, we follow Abraham, we follow Abraham, and then they said, we follow God. Then he starts saying, ah, oh, it's not... Be we follow God, and Jesus starts saying, no, you don't follow God because you can't hear me, you don't love me, you tried to kill me, all this other stuff. And then he says, because your father is the devil. Point blank, if you can't hear God, it's not because something's up, it's because you're not of him. You haven't trained yourself to his voice. I'll leave you with the story, and then I'm done. I was 11 years old. Embarrassing, I know, but I was 11. And we, were in, we hadn't been in Florida long, and it was my first time being in a Walmart. And I was there, and I got distracted looking at something. Next thing I know, mom was gone. Now, I'm a pretty short guy, but I was even a littler guy when I was 11. I mean, microscopic short. So I'm this little guy, and I'm trying to be brave, and your heart starts racing. And all of a sudden, there's a lot more people than you remember. And all of a sudden, the clothes racks are higher than you remember, and you're lost, and it's a jungle of confusion. I start crying, Mom, Mom, Mom. I'm walking around, have you seen my mom? Have you seen my mom? And I'm terrified. Next thing I know, I hear, Doop. Panchetta, we have your son at baggage claim, or whatever, our customer service. We have your son at customer service. Please come to customer service. And I was terrified. But you know what? A mother or father can hear their child's voice in a sea of people. I like watching The Office. It's a funny show. It's hilarious. And, and there, there's one episode where this couple, Jim and Pam, they're this couple, and they're, they're at a play, and they're, and they're watching this, this play, and they start hearing a baby crying. And, and Pam goes, that's Cece. He's like, don't be ridiculous. It's not Cece. And when they look back at Cece. She's like, what do you recognize her, her child's voice? Because that's how it works. If you can't recognize the voice of God, I should tell you something. He said, the reason why you don't understand what I'm saying, my direction, my guidance, these words, the truth, is because you're not of God. If you're of God, you could hear God. If you're not of God, you're not going to. Case, point, blank, simple. We are sheep. And for lack of a better phrase, sometimes sheep can be stupid. And that's why the shepherd is so important. That's why when the shepherd is walking, you don't see the shepherd walking and the flock is just behind him. He's usually walking and he's in the midst of the flock for that comfort, for that guidance, for that protection. If you're of God, you'd know it. And it'd be painfully apparent. It'd be clear. Why? Because if you're not careful, your allegiance can quickly be to the wrong person. Make sure that it's to God.
In a second, we're gonna we're gonna have the, we're gonna have the, the 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 altar open. And I want you to ask God, like David did in Psalm 51, to search you. See if there be any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. Search the corners of that heart and make sure that money hasn't become your God, or a relationship, or your your spouse, or or you know, or or sports, or money, or entertainment, whatever it may be. Be careful. I know I covered man, Satan, and Jesus, but there are a lot of other things that are trying to fight to be that lowercase f in your life. You got to be very, very, very careful because it's a lot like Lot. At first, he looked towards Sodom. Then he pitched his tent towards Sodom. Next thing, the angel had to be dragging him and his family out of Sodom. Didn't even realize it. It's quick, and it happens faster than you believe. The Bible, Jesus told Peter, the devil desires to sift you as we don't get sifted. Lord Jesus, thank you for this day. We thank you for sending your son to die on the cross for our sins. Lord, I just thank you that you're gracious and you're merciful. I thank you that you, that you're patient. Lord, I think your long-suffering has to be one of my favorite qualities of you because there's a lot of times where I know that I am not easy to be patient with. But Lord, I thank you that your word says that you will leave the 90 and 9 so that you can go and find the one. And I'm thankful because I know that in my 13 years of being a Christian, I know there have been times where I've strayed. And you've had to go and get me or send your servants to go and get me because I'm off doing something I'm not supposed to do or be somewhere I'm not supposed to be. And I know that that happens because I allow myself to get drawn out of my own, by my own lust and my own flesh. And, and I just thank you that you're always willing to come and get me. And though sometimes I go prodigal, you're waiting for me with arms wide open when I come back. And I thank you that, if, that when I am faithful and just to forget, to, to confess my sins, that you're faithful and just to forgive. But Lord, as your servants, we need your grace. Because we can quickly pledge our allegiance to something that looks like you, but is not. That's why in, your, in Sunday school today, as, you, as we're talking about the Ten Commandments, you say to not have any other gods before you, but then not to have not to take unto you any graven image because it's so quick that our attention can shift from you to the image. Or like Romans 1 says, serving the creation more than the creator. And it's so easy for the devil to take form and deceive us. I pray that you would help us to not be like those new believers that Jesus was, was working with. Their allegiance, they thought their allegiance was to Abraham and they thought their allegiance was to God, but it was honestly to, de to the devil. And if we're not careful, we can allow ourselves to be engrafted into the wrong vine. Lord, I pray that you would love us, continue to love us, guide and direct us, Lord. And I pray that you would give, give us, uh, we would give you all the honor and glory for it all. In Jesus' name, amen.